Hello, hello, and welcome on this fine California day to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast with Graham Cook. I'm Michael Becchio, host of the podcast. I hope wherever you are right now that you are experiencing the love and the grace of God. And if you're not aware of it or not feeling it, that you're reminded right now that he's for you, he's with you, he cares for you, his thoughts are upon you, and he has an abundant joy for you. We're jumping into a third session on our theme of joy this month. In this portion, taken from the message Joy That Strengthens on Brilliant TV, Graham dives in powerfully to the concepts and truths that should define our way of thinking and seeing in regards to our joy, its rightful place in our lives, and its enduring power in our circumstances. I have a good challenge and encouragement for you at the end of this short clip, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's jump in. Welcome to our next exploration of the fruit of the Spirit. Last week we talked about the fruit of peace, and this week we're going to discover more about its great partner, which is joy. Paul wrote about their partnership to the Romans in chapter 15, verse 13. He said, Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in the power of the Holy Spirit. When joy and peace partner together, not only do they eradicate negativity, they also guarantee an increase of trust and faith. There's no striving in the fruit of the Spirit. It's pure presence and therefore it's full of expectation. Because the fruit of the Spirit are who God is, they are already present in our new man. So we're learning how to connect with all things that pertain to the life and godliness that actually lives in us. And we're not getting pulled out of that place. Peace and joy are meant to connect with each other in our hearts. When we're at peace, joy rises up. When joy rises up, we are at peace. It's an ever upward spiral. And the power of joy creates an abundance that elevates us out of need into strength. It's the sheer beauty of God's radiant joy that's designed to overwhelm all circumstances and overpower all opposition. So think of it this way, we we can't ever surrender the majesty of God's nature in the fruit of the Spirit to our negative emotions, which means joy obviously isn't dependent on our circumstances being in order. Thank God for that. Joy comes from knowing who God will be for us no matter what is occurring. So if you're feeling weak, don't try to be strong. Accept that joy is God's natural provision for us, and then you rejoice that you are living under His smile. So joy is who God is. Rejoicing is our response to His true nature. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. So joy is, joy is in the process and strength is the outcome. That's what I'm saying. 
There's a range of joy, too, from the delighted to the delirious. So this, this calm and peaceful happiness, but also this ecstatic outpouring of glee. And whenever we truly see God in anything, there is a radiance that lifts us into his presence. His thoughts become our thoughts when that happens. Because God is always joyful, our rejoicing with him triggers an experience of his joy. You know, when life is pressured and I come to worship, one of the things I like to do is rejoicing the fact that God is the happiest person I know. And joy has this dynamic of increasing God in us and downsizing the difficulty. That's why James said, uh, count everything as joy. What he meant was, swamp your circumstances with the joy of the Lord. Overwhelm your situation with the happiness of God. So when we're practicing joy, we're learning the art of celebration. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating that God is for me, that God is with me, He's on my side, He's in me, He surrounds me, everything about Him is for me, and He will help me. So I'm rejoicing in the fact that I know what God is like. Of all the things that carried Jesus through the horrific terror of the cross, joy was the most essential to him. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus connected with his future, and it carried him through his present. And joy carried him into a place of rest where he sits today next to the Father. So Jesus went first through the worst, and he made it because of joy. Think about that. He chose to count everything about the cross as joy, not because it was easy, but because the outcome was more real to him than the present torment. I left the clip of Graham rather short this time because, honestly, I think there's enough perspective shift to chew on just from these first six minutes. At some point, these concepts need to morph into realities for us. And at times, just taking a handful of revelatory thoughts and really chewing on them with God can produce more transformation in us than hearing a dozen phenomenal sermons. That's why this time I'm going to encourage you, if this spoke to you at all, to return to this episode and listen to what Graham said again and again. His portion ends at about the 6 minute and 50 second mark in this episode, so you can just listen to there if you'd prefer not to listen to the outro again. Okay, now that I've said that, I want to share some breakdowns and key thoughts with you before we wrap this portion and I let you go. Graham stated, It's the sheer beauty of God's radiant joy that is designed to overwhelm all circumstance and overpower all opposition. This is some good truth, guys. Also, Graham said, Joy is not dependent on our circumstances being in order. So let's unpack a few keys. 
Joy comes from knowing who God will be for us, no matter what is transpiring in our lives. Never forget, beloved, that any surprise that comes up in our life first has to bow its knee to the majesty and supremacy of Jesus in us. And it is always subject to the fruit of the Spirit within us. So we never have to be a slave to a reaction that's fearful or anxious, hopeless or overwhelmed, or swirled out. As 1 John 4.4 declares, Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And that means than anyone or anything else in the world, too. We realize in this that joy, and peace as well, is like a firm foundation and formidable fortress inside of us that can thoroughly protect us and keep us centered in our perception of Jesus, no matter what. Beholding Him in all things is the answer to any challenge or stressful provocation. Is that hard to do sometimes? Sure, of course it can be. It takes time to practice with the Holy Spirit to rewire our responses so that they're in line with Him instead of in line with a worldly way of thinking. But that's okay because He embodies limitless grace and empowering presence in our lives. And He is enduringly and patiently committed to our freedom and maturity in Jesus. Always remember, beloved, His commitment to you far outweighs any of your abilities, strengths, or motivation, no matter how far you get in the journey or how mature you become. That is one of the most comforting truths of all. He wants your best and His fullness in you more than you ever could. Isn't that so beautifully freeing? On that note, I'll leave us with this. In the very first audio message of Graham Cooks that I ever heard, he said this line, and it stuck with me. When you understand how deeply committed God is to you, it wonderfully frees you. Graham didn't go on to say much more about that point, but the statement resonated and reverberated in my heart and mind for months thereafter, and I've never forgotten it over the years. So consider that truth in your own life today. Let the Father and Jesus communicate their unyielding commitment to you in the months to come until it becomes so embedded in you that it informs the way you think and see everything in your life. Be blessed, beloved. Know that you are cherished. Know that you are kept by a faithful God whose heart is irreversibly endeared to you and who stopped at no length in order to save you and redeem you. If that incredible God is for us, Who or what could ever be against us? Let's enjoy Him forever.